You were on with JV yesterday. Uh, bam, we're live. Was that yesterday? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's the circle, dude. Hey, dude, you, you want to hear something I realized? It's crazy. You you probably already realized this. It's just weird. It took me so long to realize this. Maybe we already talked about this on the show too, me and you. But if you're if you're a girl, if you're a girl, you can. Uh, hey, what's up, Tommy? Hey, how you guys doing? Oh, that was my fault, Caleb. My fault. Uh, if you're a girl, Caleb and Tommy, you can like let's say you get a job at McDonald's. And um, then, like, if you if your manager's a dude, and you if you have sex with them once, like your whole job is changed. So whether it's like you you're um, you don't even have to have sex with them. You just have to have show interest in your boss. Well, if you have sex with them, you just get crazy leverage. So let's say let's say Kamala Harris, like, and it goes all the way to the top. Like, so let's say Kamala, like, uh, fuck Joe Biden. Or, or, or the lady who just got hired at McDonald's fucked the manager there. Once you do that, everything changes. Like I'm now, I'm just realizing that my whole life, I've, there's been all these people having sex in the workplace, and then I realized, oh shit! Soon as these women do this, and I'm sure it could go the other way too with men. I don't know if it can go the other way. Well, just men just don't get this opportunity just because of the nature of the way men and women are set up. But um, maybe a stud like Tommy G could pull it off. But when when you when you fuck the CEO or or so, someone who's high ranking, your your job just changes. Everything changes. You can't get fired. All you have to know, do is fuck them once. I know a male sales rep that yeah. has sex with his manager, and then uh -huh. she just got demoted to a regular salesperson. So sex changes. Oh, they they found out. Yes. Wow. Well, I well, hey, if that would have been a girl who had sex with the guy, the guy would have been fired. I bet. Probably. It just gives a woman incredible leverage. Like if you're a guy, do not bang people lower on the uh, on the totem pole than you. Don't or bang anyone at work. I mean, unless unless you like having love, that being right? held over your neck. What? Say that again. Or just have sex with people you trust and love. Well, that is that's, that's the point. that's the problem with dudes. We'll convince ourselves that like uh, you'll be sixty pounds overweight and, uh, the girl will be 30 years younger than you. And for some reason you're still stupid and think that the girl actually cares about you. Is this a therapy session for you? Uh, yeah, I guess <laughs> I was, I, well, Always you know, what, you know what connected all the dots to me? I, I watched all your, uh, I watched so many of your shows last night. I cannot believe how prolific you are. Congratulations. And your YouTube's exploding. Thank you. It's currently under, I'm in YouTube jail for a week. They've banned me from posting for a week because a clip, a video I wasn't even going to post. I was just seeing what I can get away with on the, on the platform. And then when I see their feedback, I delete the clips. I re-upload it. A video I had no intention of posting got flagged for a strike. It was me sipping lean, the Houston rap rapper drug, the cough syrup, scissor, as they say in the streets. Yeah, yeah. I watched that piece. I watched that piece. Yeah. So anyways, it's, they, they flagged it from another, I did a, a best of 22 video and that clip made it into there yet. It's sitting out on the internet and another video just fine. All that to say, it's a little scary when YouTube can just take away your career. If I get two more strikes, they permanently delete my channel, which is. Hey, I, I got a copyright strike and I got to go to like copyright school and get the strike taken away. Yeah. And of course there's such a behemoth that, you know, if I, I'm a, I won't even make a dent. I won't even make a decimal place in their bottom line. So if I disappear, there's 
500 other people that are going to take my spot. And, um, man, I just, it was interesting. It was a good le- learning lesson that, uh, old Tommy isn't a big dog and he just has to follow the rules and, you know, smart straight. Yeah. They, they made, they, uh, they bent, what's his name over one of those Nelk boys. They just fucking just scooped his shit up and took People it. People do it. This other yeah. guy, Sneeko. And who, what happened to Sneeko? How many subscribers did he have? A couple. I mean, he was doing six figures a month off YouTube. Oh, he had. No. So I don't know. I don't know the depths of his story because I think he said some. He was he was playing the red pill guy, where based like Andrew, he was following the Andrew Tate playbook, where you say on purposely inflammatory things that you probably don't believe, but you know it's going to get clicks. And I think that caught up to him. But the idea that you can just take somebody and then he try if, even if that kid were to try to make a new platform, they'd ban that too. Which hey, is could, can you say? Um, could you say on YouTube? Uh, for those of you who don't know, the website, the the YouTube account is Tommy G. I had him on a couple months ago, uh, and we're really lucky to have him again. Uh, he came on, and I don't usually keep in contact with people who come on the show. Just so you guys know, I mean, I I just can't. There's too many fucking people. But Tommy and I stayed in touch. I, I like we. I think we actually like each other. So, um, so so I've been excited to have him back on. Tommy, can you say? Um, uh, I don't think women should have the right to vote. Can you say that on YouTube or would you, mm. you get, do you get in trouble for that? You know, I don't know if you get be- like a strike from YouTube, but I certainly would imagine my audience. I mean, that would be a pretty shitty thing to say. So I think, I think my audience would be like, what the fuck dude? And stop watching me. I think it would be punishment by my, uh, my audience not wanting to. Well, well, as it should be, you, it should, it's capitalism, right? You should attract like, like I, I don't, I'm not into sex toys, so I never go into a sex toy shop. But I don't think they should all be shut down. I just don't vote on my. I just don't go there with my. I just don't go there and spend money. Yeah, and I'm on the other side of the coin where I definitely believe in the capitalism where the the crowd goes where it wants. But um, sex toys have become a a good friend in the bedroom. The, the, <laughs> the, the uh, I learned the, something. I learned something on your show the other day. Um, one of the shows you visit an insane asylum, a closed insane asylum, a massive one, mm-hmm. where they did lobotomies and all shit. And, they, and, one, and one of the things you share in that is that they, the vibrator was invented um, to uh, stimulate uh, crazy women to help them uh, regulate their hysteria. Yeah, that is – think about this, dude. For how much of history have men – just been such higher status than women that they can just, you know, basically they're just birthing machines and they yeah. don't care if their wife, they're married to this woman. They don't care if she ever comes in her entire life. And it got so bad that doctors literally had to invent a vibrator to give her them an orgasm and give them some relief. Like imagine if you had to go your whole life without coming, how crazy you would be. I'm and, just trying to make it an afternoon. I'm just trying to make it past lap nap time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're the opposite. Well, I, I mean, I I know this is a sweeping generalization, but we're opposites as, as men and women like that. Dudes are like, "Hey, you need to jack off less," and women, it's like, "Hey, can I just get one? Can I just get one orgasm?" And dudes are like, "You know, I'm trying to cut it back. I'm trying to cut back on my porn." Mm-hmm. I was also tripping on this, Tommy. Um, I'm 50, and the first time I ever, the first time I ever saw sex, mm-hmm. it was me having sex. Wow, but, that's but now there's unique, then you're very unique. Well, now there's all like at 11 years old, the boys already see like now people have seen uh, p- because of their phones, they've seen 600 people have sex before the first time they ever have sex. 
And when I say I saw it, I mean, like, I was just like looking down, you know what I mean? Like, I, oh, I, shit, I can't believe that I'm lucky enough. I'm 18 and I'm, I'm finally having sex. I couldn't even fucking believe it. I was I thought the girl, it must've been like mother Teresa to have sex with me. Go ahead. I was thinking a lot about that too, which is the age that most kids are exposed to porn and sex. I mean, I was, I still remember. So I was a triplet and then me and my triplet brother, Ben, triplet. The, family, the family computer. And he's like, what happens if I type in naked ladies? And he did. And yeah. I think it was like Britney Spears boobs or something like that popped up. But we, we couldn't get enough of it. We were like, holy shit, this is a whole new world out there. Yeah. And we were hooked. And, and then all it takes is like, if you're in elementary school or, or middle school, you have one of the friends that has an older brother that's seen more than you have. So it's like, how am I going to teach my own kids about sex and how am I going to let them surf the internet? Cause there's unbelievable things out there. Like you can, I remember when I was a kid, also two girls, one cup was circulating. There was a video where a guy what was that, that was someone pooped in a cup and ate it. Two people pooped in a cup and started rubbing it on. I didn't watch the whole video, so I can't give you the whole description, but poop. Where was made, that? That made it on YouTube. No, that some, oh, oh, some oh. backyard website that, okay. But the kids I remember that, but I never saw it either. Yeah. I guess all this to say the world that if you're raising kids now, the online world that you have to help them navigate and stay safe from, because some of those things are seared into your brain. You see that once and you're never forgetting some of that stuff. Like there's, there's brutal, horrible things on the internet. And there's also like, like, crazy, dude, if like, you show an 11 year old boy, a penis in, an, in, uh, in a girl's mouth or in a guy, fuck man, in a guy's mouth, that's all he's going to want to, he's going to become singularly focused on trying to get that done until he's dead. It's an, it's a instantaneous. Yeah. It would have ruined me. Yeah. Ruined me to see it's that. Like crack cocaine. Yes. Crazy. Anyway. Uh, the, the, the takeaway from all the videos I watched of yours, first of all, the, those guys lied to you. Those guys in the, uh, LA, um, in the Las Vegas tunnels, they lied to you. They're like, you're like, how many people are on drugs? And he's like, oh, like 10%. I know I'm at 20%. I, I maybe, maybe like 40%. Well, okay. 50%. I'm like, you lying motherfuckers. Every, that, if you do, if you want to know what happens, if you do drugs, Go go uh, watch a bunch of uh, Tommy's videos, and then if you want to know what it's like to work hard and not give a shit about like anything except working hard, go watch his videos. Because Tommy's in all these videos and he's working his ass off, and then he he followed a guy around who's worth a hundred million dollars. Not not worth a hundred million like like this guy made a hundred million in cash. Permis, yeah, yeah. And this dude still like buys shitty homes and goes in there with a shovel and cleans them out. But all the people who are fucked up in his videos, can we pull up his YouTube? They all have one thing in common. They're all addicted to drugs. It's fascinating. Yeah, the poll that it's amazing because I'm not I don't have an addictive personality. I don't think so. Like to think that there's a substance that would want me to like that would take me away from my family or doing the things I love or being able to live a proper life, like own a house and enjoy myself like it's amazing the pull drugs can have on somebody and that's another thing i think about like if i ran skid row or if i ran the las vegas tunnels if i was a mayor or governor like what do you do and i think a lot of it i don't know if a government is gonna like they can do some things but it's a personal journey in a lot of ways too if 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 if, if my kids became addicted to drugs the the way what I would like to think that I would do is I would kidnap them and take them out into the middle of Kenya. 
and and, that, and 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 camp with them like out in the middle of Africa for like three months. That's what I would I would like to think that I would do. Like I was looking at those drug addicts, like those. So basically, there's a there's a video in there um, where he hangs out with pimps and prostitutes. It's really really good. It's crazy good journalism, man. And it's and it's really raw, meaning that it's not. Um, you don't feel like you're being manipulated. This one, yeah. So this guy's a pimp. This guy's not even addicted to drugs, right? Just his chick is. Yeah, I think a really interesting thing I'm learning is the line of good and evil. Like initially, I almost pussied out of this idea, dude. I was halfway back to Milwaukee, thinking this is we're not doing this at night. This is too scary. This is too dumb. We're in the worst neighborhood of Chicago. I'm going home, and then you actually meet these guys, and he's not a stone cold pimp. Like he's really he's a poor man, and. The way they make money as a couple is she goes out and she gives condom blowjobs for 150 bucks a pop. They are condom blowjobs. I was wondering that. Yeah, that's okay. what they say. And 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 they were pretty uh, upfront about things. And I think it's a lot of just like economic opportunity. It's a lot of just being stuck in a, a kind of a drug addicted trap. His, his woman's addicted to drugs. And like he wasn't like I thought he was going to be an evil person to speak to. He's a guy that if I was sitting on a porch with him sharing a beer, I wouldn't, it's not, I'm not, you know, he wouldn't be a bad guy. Right. Not at all. I didn't get any, I didn't get bad guy vibes from anyone. Yeah. Even the guy that sold fentanyl that I talked to is like, I could hang out with him, which is weird to think. Like initially I would have gone going into that. I'm like, this guy's such a piece of shit. He's a trash human being. I don't know, man. Good and evil is a tough question to answer sometimes. So all those people, basically, I mean, he he nailed it. And and I I do have an addictive personality, so I completely understand. Um, you you meet a girl, you hang out with her, you get you move her for you meet her in New Orleans. She's twenty years old. She's got some problems at home. Maybe she's been molested, uh, or no, she has been molested. You meet her, or maybe she's seventeen. You tell her, hey, let's go to Chicago. On the way to Chicago, you get her addicted to meth. Then when you get there, you tell her if she wants more meth, she has to fuck some, suck some guys off. Hmm. And then, and I couldn't believe that's just like the classic. There's probably 10,000 girls who have that story in the United States. That's just simple story. They have the code to crack. You just get someone who's been molested, addicted to drugs. And those two things come together and you got a, you got a hoe. And a highly manipulative man that that stunts the relationship that he holds all the power. He has the access to the yeah. bank accounts, access to the money. He's the protector, but then also the abuser, which makes yeah. it a weird dynamic. And uh, Milwaukee is actually a hub. We're in between Minneapolis and Chicago, so um, that's a story I'm going to start chasing down in Milwaukee. Is sex traffic like the thing that sex trafficking happens? Probably ten minutes, well, five minutes, ten minutes away from my house at a high level. It just it kind of blows my mind that that stuff goes on. And what happened to those guys? Those guys, something bad happened to them for them to think that that's a way. Mm. Do you yeah, know what like, I mean? Like, yeah. How were they raised to think that that's a proper way to be with a woman? Yeah. How do they manage their conscience? Let's say even you could do that. How would you manage your conscience? And and another thing is, is you're when cops arrest prostitutes, they're basically arresting people who don't like – not one prostitute wants to be doing her job. Yeah. That was not another one. thing that was not weird. one. Yeah. None of them are like, this is a great career path. I'm really, the 401k here is pretty good. You know, did you almost All cry the, in that one interview, Tommy? Yeah. With baby. She was, that just was so, intense. It was just, Oh, like 
and knowing that again, like another, like a pretty cool, like innocent soul, you know, like someone that you're like, wow, like you want to just want to hug her and like pick her up and be like, okay, I'm going to help you. But then I guarantee like, that's what she knows. So she, yeah, it's what she knows right now. So to make the whole transition to do something else with her life would be enormous for her. I want to see if I can show, um, uh, and for reference for uh, people that haven't watched the video, Baby is the, the probably the main character, the main prostitute of the video. And and the people in the comments just fell in love with her. Like everyone was just rooting for her and wishing the best for her. And um, it just, it's tough to see a woman that has, like she's charming, she's fun, she's personable, she's cute. Yeah, and, great. And, and, and what's crazy is even a great body, like not even just like a schlep. Yeah, and here she is. Fast for a little bit. Yeah. There she is. Yeah. She wanted her face blurred out. So we did that for her. And uh a transition yeah. here. Of course. So it's just heartbreaking seeing people like this. Cause every and then to think that so she, she here she's just walked away. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. No, here ahead. she's just walked away from blowing a guy in that alley. And then and then you interview her. Yeah, that to me was the wildest part. Like to be able to zoom in on her customer and like he was uh, waving at the camera to watch her step out of a car that she just got picked up in is like, wow. And then that, and then that other lady basically, uh, I don't know if it was subtle, but she basically lets, lets you know that for the right price, she'll blow you too. Yeah. She as tempting as that offer was, I was able to say, no, thank you. Her, this girl. Yeah. She came back and was like, look, we can, let's set up a time. She's like, I can date you. If, if you want to date, we can date. And uh, dating is slain for driving around in that old car or going to a seedy motel. And um, But the, you look at this woman, just the way she's talking, she's slurring a little bit. She's on something. Oh, she didn't open her eyes once. The whole time she talked to her, her eyes were fucking closed. But the one thing that was also remarkable about speaking with her, she said she was a mother of four and all of her kids had gotten scholarships. And whether that's true or not, I mean, I don't think – I felt like everyone was kind of giving me uh, an honest perspective. I know sometimes drug addicts can just make up their own reality, but um, to think her kids are sleeping at home somewhere potentially, and she's just out making money and paying the rent. Yes. Yep. Hey, drugs are fucking addicting. If you, if you, you'll do anything to, uh, people would do that for uh, nicotine. Mm -hmm. People would suck dick for nicotine. Put a stranger's penis in your mouth for a cigarette. I guarantee you it has happened. Imagine what people would do for just if we cut off coffee supplies to this country. Yes. yes. I feel like if you wanted to cripple a country without any violence, just cut off the coffee supply and watch what happens. I think you have to scoop these people up and then uh, try to take them to a rehab and let them sober up for like a week and then let them go. I think you also – because. Uh, there was a very fascinating interview. It was, I think it was an old Vice reporter. And it's basically like what he's found is if people have meaning and purpose and then they have a community, that oftentimes the drugs stop. And it's like if you can get them sober for a little bit and then put them in a position where they're doing something they find meaningful and then have people around them that love them, that's yeah. the recipe. But it's a very hard recipe to cook up. Um, did you, I, I, I want to say the last time I had you on your YouTube station had like 289,000 and now you're, you're about to crest over 500,000. Did you have a big explosion? We've been having steady growth of anywhere from 50,000 to 90,000 subscribers a month. So we just, 
we just keep hammering away and we're growing. Who who's we? My team. I got. Uh, so I do editing, and then I also. So let's say I go to. I'm going to L.A. and you guys are in L.A. right? Uh, no, Santa Cruz. North. I'm okay. 300 miles north. And Caleb's deployed overseas. He's somewhere in the Middle East. Okay. 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 Um, so when we go to LA in two weeks, I'm going to probably come home with about six videos. So I'll edit two of them. Uh, my guy, Miguel will edit two of them. And my guy, Jack will edit two of them. That way we stay ahead of the curve. My guy, Keegan is kind of the utility guy. He's the second, um, camera. He's always thinking of ideas. He's booking, we're, we're doing a podcast. We're launching that soon. So he's trying to book guests in all the places that we're visiting so that we can do in-person podcasts. And then I have a, a my buddy, Kristen, she does my merch design. She does my thumbnails. Um, and Sarah, my wife, she's she just put in her letter of resignation. She's going to be handling my merch and then also helping me in our real estate portfolio. She's a lot more detail-oriented than I am. So I got a little team. So when I say we, it's a definitely a team effort. We're always brainstorming, thinking how to get better, thinking how we can advance this. Um, uh, these um, Is one of your videographers a girl? Um, I've had – my friend Kristen has filmed a couple older videos, but no, most of them are – they're all men. Because I thought I, because I thought I saw a girl um follow you out of a building one time, uh, brunette in one of those videos. Mm, I don't think so. Uh, Jay Hartle, that doesn't work, Savannah. I used to work in a rehab. Here's the thing: it doesn't have to work. Here's the thing with addicts: I think every time they quit, when they when they start up, the only thing that stops them from starting up again is the thought of like how much how hard it is to quit, and they're like, "Do I want to go through that again?" So maybe you have to quit like something 20 times before you're like, fuck, I'm not doing that, that loop again, but arresting prostitutes and taking them to jail is just, uh, it's just idiocy because it's especially kids. Like my, my wife used to uh, work in a juvenile hall teaching breathing classes and yoga to the kids. And she says there were 15 year old girls in there who were arrested for prostitution. Like you can't arrest a fucking kid for having sex who's been taken advantage of their whole yeah, life. It, it makes no fucking sense. Hmm. So, so going back to this team, um, uh, how does that, how does that work? So like, I can't find people, like I can't find people to help me that like I, that, that I think are maybe I'm just too uptight, but like, I, I feel like and everyone who helps me just, there's, there's just shortcomings to it. I know, well, one, um, like I, th- these are guys that I've spent, like when we go on a trip, we might have 14 hour days where we're just grinding, 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 filming, Yeah, always brainstorming, always come up with ideas. Might and, have 14 hour days. Don't lie to me. I can tell all your days are 14 hour days. I like, yeah. I like to get after it, but I also, yeah. um, I want to make a life for myself and my family that, um, is, is remarkable. So, um, yeah, when these guys grind, man, I, I try and, um, pay them well. I try to incur, like bring them on experiences. That okay. Are so I don't pay my guys. Maybe that's the problem. Cause we don't have any yeah. money. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a huge thing. So, yeah, okay. So um, you can yell at your guys. You can be like, dude, I told, I, I've told you three times not to fucking walk in between me and camera B. No, I'll never, we always, we flow well. That's the other thing. We flow right, very right. well. And, um, that's the thing. I think the, because like, if I was just by myself, there's no way I'd scale to the point that I am. And so like, it's kind of our, like, yes, I'm the, the head guy of the channel and it's my face on it, but it does feel like a we, a team effort. And people feel like they have ownership in the brand and they feel like um, we're charting in a, a special direction. So we have that really special buy-in. 
Yeah, that's cool. When, uh, how was your wedding? You you got married since the last time I talked to you. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was a pinkies up occasion uh, at the Fister Hotel in Milwaukee. So it was very nice. And that's a tough name for a place, Fister. I know. I, imagine I hardly know her. It's been made from from that, but just having all the people I love in the same room and um, being able to say my vows publicly was very special to me and give a toast to my, my pop that passed away when I was in high school and just have every, everyone there that I love and want to hug. And it's very special. What's pinkies up mean? I'm not a fancy guy, but pinkies up is like, you know, the Fister was her parents went all out for this wedding. Her mom planned it and um, they footed the bill for it. And it was fancy. It was nice. It was remarkable. So it was just, uh, we're very lucky that they, they, um, treated us to that event a navy vet 09 fisters is gorgeous that sure is so i just can't get past the name sorry you walk in there and you feel like if you don't have a butler with you you feel like oh gosh am i the one peasant in here you know so hey did sergio pettis congratulated you on your wedding let me see that again yeah we we trained together for a long time are we at the same gym in roofer sport and um unfortunately have split wow that's pretty fucking cool. He's a really cool down to earth guy. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the Pettis brothers, the world famous uh, fighters. I mean, if you're, if you like fighting, fuck, these guys are the shit. Yeah. Sergio Pettis is like a ballerina assassin. Cause he's so light on his feet, but like his spinning stuff, his, he just is um, very surgical and technical and beautiful to watch when he fights. Did, did he, was it him or his brother who I said, did him or his brother just win the bare knuckle million dollar uh, or at least fight in the final? Either him or his brother. I think his brother. Yeah, but wow. Crazy. So this this team goes out and then do you fly with them? So you'll fly with them places? Mm-hmm. So I travel on a group of three, me, Keegan, and Miguel. And between the three of us, we get it done. And so... Like we got LA in February. We're looking at Phoenix in March. We're looking at Houston in April. We're looking at Brazil in June. I'm lining up the cards for that. But um, so we're going to be moving heavy these next few months. Yeah, I feel like your state. I, I when I, when I went to your station, I feel like there were like all of a sudden eight videos I hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. What we tried. Our goal for this year is, without a doubt, every Tuesday of the year you'll get a new video that's top notch somewhere you haven't been before somewhere interesting somewhere dangerous and so it's going to be a hard pace to keep but i'm confident we can do it guys so last night i, I was in the uh, garage uh 10 o'clock at night you know get my swole on and watching these videos and my nephew rolls in there and my nephew's the, the coolest fucking kid ever from texas grew up on a gaming ranch like he's like a normal human. He's not like regular 20 year old. Like he can talk to people and shit and uh, make eye contact and all the shit that a lot of 20 year olds can't do. And um, uh, we're watching these and I'm like, look at these videos. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I know this guy from the Kia boys video. And I go, this is all compelling content. No crazy, stupid editing with stupid sound effects and like no fucking clickbait, no hype. No, this is just compelling uh, journalism. This is just like, it was nuts. And he's like, yeah, because he he's, he comes from that TikTok world where it's, are you on TikTok? 
I am, but I'm like one video away from being permanently banned there too. I God, I don't see anything you're doing that's controversial. It's so fucking crazy. Like you don't pop so. on my radar at all. I would have never thought that for anything controversial. I guess it's for like anything, any drugs that are illegal, like sipping that lean is technically illegal, but why wouldn't you just age restrict it or demonetize it? Why is that a strike? To me, that is. What is lean? Isn't it just diluted cough syrup? If you want the good stuff, it's not diluted homeboy. It's, it's got that little pizzazz to it when you. So you just, it's just drinking Robitussin like what Lil Wayne does or. No, it's the next level. It's a codeine, I think codeine in your cup. And, um, any, How do you get it? Is it for just from a pharmacy? You have to have a doctor that can hook it up, and these gangster rappers do. And it's, it's that that drink. It's that purple drink. They mix it with Sprite. They mix it with other stuff. But rappers are obsessed with it. Like Little Wayne was addicted, or still is addicted to it, and um, it's a big deal. I mean, you can get any like any drug if you do uh, do it too much, too long. It's not good for you. But um, hold on, it sounds like someone's running a vibrator. Listen. Oh yeah, I have guys working in my my basement right now. We're, we're making sure, sure you do. <laughs> yeah, that was that was either an electric toothbrush or a vibrator. If you guys can excuse me, I have to give me thirty seconds. I'll be back and I'll be finished. <laughs> <laughs> hey, isn't it crazy that so big pharma can prescribe that, but you can't show people drinking diluted. God, we live in such a weird world. Like, who are these pussies in these offices that are like watching it and being like, yep. And also knowing like that's that's the majority of my portfolio is all income streams from YouTube, the sponsorships, the ad revenue, the merch. And my YouTube doesn't go, most of my income goes away. And it's like, I have a lot riding on this. I have people that... um their biggest paycheck comes from me and my my wife's joining the team. And to think that arbitrarily, and like, of course, I have a, I have a rep at YouTube and I'm like, you know, what's going on here? And she's like, well, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do because of policy. And it's like, what do you mean there's nothing we can do? Like, this is my life. This is what I've, I've literally spent four years in this game trying to get really good at this. And I'm, not, I'm putting myself in dangerous positions. I'm putting my team in dangerous positions. I'm like, I have so much riding on this. Why don't you get... Redemption, you're a documentary station. It's so obvious you're a documentary station. My goal this year is to sell some episodes to a streaming platform. And so yeah. I'm if you have any connections, we can talk offline about that. But um I'm I'm floating my ideas out to some people, but I love YouTube. There's I, I don't I there's a lot I love about YouTube. And so I want to just be able to be prosperous and keep growing there, but just it is scary that. They want to yank your chain. You, they can, and there's not really any recourse you have. I, I, yeah, it's fucking nuts. Hey, oh, Tommy, what about this? What about um releasing uh on iTunes uh, uh episodes for a dollar ninety nine an episode or two ninety nine an episode? Even a tiny paywall will will drastically decrease the amount. Of no, 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 both. No, no, you still give it away free on YouTube. So when I used to run the media for CrossFit, we had all our media free on YouTube, but then we also started moving it to Amazon where you had to pay for it. People don't care if they have to pay for it or if they, if, if you can get it free, people will still pay for it. If you put it on their favorite platform. Yeah. Um, you know I know what I'm saying? Yeah. So season, season one with Tommy G 52 episodes for 1499. And now I have it in my iTunes folder. Yes, mm. please. 
Thank you. Yeah, I guess part of it is there's you still give it away free though on YouTube. Yeah, I do have a Patreon that that people can subscribe to, and I want to keep building that base up. But to me, there's only so many asks you can have of a person like, "Hey, buy my merch," you know, check right. out the sponsor. Like, there's only they're only going to take action on a few things, and so I don't want to dilute it by. Get like, hey, you can get this for free, or you can leave the platform that you are enjoying. Go log in, put your credit card information. Right, in. But, but there's old idiots like me that will do that. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that like you even advertise it. I'm just thinking like then at least it uh, exists yeah. somewhere else. Hey, mm-hmm. do you automatically publish to Rumble too? Like all my like, soon as we're done here, I have something set up in the back on YouTube that automatically publishes to Rumble. No, but I'm now I'm considering it. Is it the thing is Rumble doesn't have the critical mass that YouTube does. I get six of, views a video there. Yeah. So it's like uh, I made 10 cents there last year. Whoa. But I'm just saying for backup. It it might not, it might not, that's probably a good idea. So now your library is over there. So if you do get shut down on YouTube, your library is over there. That's a good point. Anyway, just ideas, just shooting the shit with you. I I don't I'm just just shooting the shit with you. You um you speak to uh, that rapper in um, Murder Creek. It may have been the Murder Creek one. Yes, it was the Murder Creek one. Is that Izzy ninety three? Mm-hmm. And he says something that really disappoints me. Hmm. I or was it him or was it the guy uh, at the house that you got busted at when the cops came? By the way, crazy story. We got to hear that story. what are the chances that you're filming with a fucking anyway one of these guys says you said how would you change the world and he he says i'd lower the price of education and i felt so Hmm. bad for him because he's so he's so blue-pilled still like he wants to lower the the entry level to indoctrination camp. Like that's the he he doesn't realize he's free. He's free. It's like the same thing when the other guy said the guy uh, um, uh, hangover no hostage. Mm. He's like I don't have an education. Like they have ex- like I'm looking at him like you're free motherfucker. Like you believe you think that. Y- you think you want to get on the other side of the fence? The other side of the fence is the prison. I agree with you partially. If he's talking yeah, okay. about getting yeah. kids to go out for gender studies degrees or sociology degrees, yeah, I get what you're saying. But if kids can go be engineers or doctors or – But you could learn that on YouTube now. Everything you can learn. You could learn how to do open-heart surgery on YouTube now. And yeah, it's like – and look at your friend. other friend. Isn't it the, ir- ir- the irony that your other friend is a, made a hundred over a hundred million dollars, owns hundreds of homes, just bought a fucking resort? That was dope way to end mm-hmm. that video. And 123 acre resort. And uh and his life was miserable. He has a good it, life. But he was gangster as shit as a kid. Oh, he was yeah, he was <laughs> and he flipped the script. Yeah, I think. If there's is one that your mentor, could, by the way, is that your dude? I wouldn't say so. I mean, I like the guy. He's a, he's a he's a buddy, but um, I you don't roll. You don't see him every day. That's not the guy you see every day at the jujitsu gym. Mm-mm. Okay, okay. Mm-mm. Um, but I do agree that the like the blueprint is new. There's endless amounts of free information online, and if you have the 
will and the hunger to learn that you'll be successful. I'm actually doing a class now every Tuesday for eighth graders in Milwaukee in one of the um, toughest parts of Milwaukee. We're doing an entrepreneurship, uh, like branding, marketing, entrepreneurship, and the, the, where the culmination is going to be a Shark Tank pitch where three of the kids are going to win you know, 2,500, 1,500 and a thousand bucks for their ideas. And I just want to like, I just want to keep reiterating to these kids. Any one of you can be happy. Any one of you can be rich. Any one of you can build a life that you love, but you have to be aware and you have to know the toolbox to, to get there. To tell me more about this program. Tell me more. So I, I, um, a friend of mine got me connected to a principal it's a little private uh, religious school, but it's not like a snooty private. It's a, we, we help kids. And uh, so anyways, I'm um, I go there every Tuesday. The kids have to show up an hour early to school and, and be committed to this. And so um, we're going to be teaching them a lot of different life skills that I think will set them apart. Cause there's no reason that these kids couldn't start their own lawn mowing, shoveling, nail, hair, t-shirt, any sort of business um, and I want, I'm, I'm really hopeful that I, like, and what I tell all these kids when I was pitching them to join the course, I'm like, any one of you, it's in, entirely possible that one of you could be the next big entrepreneur in Milwaukee, or one of you could be the one that changes the game in Milwaukee. And any of you can become a millionaire, um, and happy. And I just want to give them a little bit of that fire and motivation that, uh, they could, and the, and the knowledge that it could happen to them too. Why, why are you doing it? Is the school paying you to do it? No, because I want to be, uh, I love working with kids and I want to see Milwaukee become a better place. So I can't boil the whole ocean, but if I can work with 15 kids every Tuesday, that to me is something. And and it's your money? Partially, me and the principal's money. And also a chunk of it was donated by people on YouTube. So probably like I put in, I'll end up probably putting in two to three grand and then people donated about a grand in maybe a grand and a half and then the principal put in the rest. And so it will be some kid who like, Hey, this is my, my plan is I'm going to uh, use my bar mitzvah money to buy a lawnmower and I'm going to start a lawnmower uh, service. None of these kids are bar mitzvah money. I've uh, actually owned condos. It's a bunch, a bunch of condos, but there's shit. I mean, you can buy these condos for, I think we bought them for 25 K a pop and we flipped them and, and, but like, these are tough neighborhoods. Actually, when I when we when I was um, in the process of selling these condos that these kids live, a lot of them live in, is there was a a, a blue piece of paper on all of the doors, duct tape saying um, from Domino's Pizza saying, if you have information on our delivery driver that got um, kidnapped and held at gunpoint, uh, we'll give you a five thousand dollar reward. So I mean, these I mean, this is a tough area. So, 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 but, but is that big? Okay. Uh, sorry. Uh, I'm going to take the money that my, um, I'm going to, I'm going to sell crack in my neighborhood. And once I've saved up $800, I'm going to buy a lawnmower and start mowing lawns. Is that, is, is that they're basically coming up to you with business plans? No dog. These guys are oh. we're not teaching kids how to sell crack cocaine. Dude. We're teaching I'm trying them. to, no, no, Tom, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out the model of what, what, how it works, what you're teaching them. Hmm. So like what the, what the curriculum is. Yeah. Like, like what, what's the, like, I know, I know like shark tank is like, I tell you, Hey, look, I have this wallet and it's uh, waterproof and you give me $10,000 and we'll market it together. Right. Yeah. So like, so like, what well, here's some of the structure of the class. Like one of the classes is going to be knowing your audience. So, um, 
hey, if you want to get in front, if your job is to sell to uh, daycare owners, how do you go about finding them? Um, how do you get further connections? What does the ideal customer look like to you? Um, how do you reach your ideal customer? Then mm. teach them how to do a door-to-door pitch. Okay. Um, things like that. Giving them the mentality that, hey, you don't need a million people to be a million customers to be rich following the 1,000 true fans model where it's like if a, you have a 1,000 people paying you $100 a year that you're a six-figure earner and then showing them how to budget, um, building a business plan, um, doing cold calls, different things like that. Okay. And then at the end, is there some like final and that's how they win the 2,550? At the end, the top three people will, will win some money to go towards their venture. God, that's cool. And, and, and that, wow, that's really cool. You're doing that. I feel really lucky to, to be doing that. And it's just exciting to me too. Like, I just want to see what can, cause I think a lot of the message these kids hear is like either you can't like, you know, you can't really do it or like society doesn't want you to win. Um, and I think for them to be like, man, maybe like to let them know that, Hey, uh, I know a friend of mine who's a bank robber. That's a millionaire. I know, I know a friend that, um, lost his basketball scholarship for selling weed. And now he's a millionaire. Like I see people of all shades that are doing very well. And it's just, if you follow the, like getting rich is just a game. If you follow the principles, anyone can do it. Uh, and that's what I want to kind of impart on them. God, that's cool. That is cool. And is that really true? What you just said, getting rich is just a game. If you follow the principles, you can do it. I think so, dude, because it starts with like, let's say, let's say the most common vehicle for getting rich other than like owning a a big, huge company, which is a, a, a lot of work is, is real estate. Anyone, especially like these kids that are living in these places that you can buy for 25, 50 K like they have to save up five grand, six grand, seven grand with an FHA loan to get their first property. And then when that starts rolling, then maybe two years from then they can get their second property. And then all of a sudden they're getting a property every six months, every three months. And all of a sudden they are financially independent off of real estate. You know, like anybody can do that. It's just, are you disciplined? Can you, are you going to go to the club and buy, you know, luxury alcohol like Hennessy or get that little Gucci bag? Are you going to save that money and buy property with it? I really think the hundred million dollar man doesn't even drink alcohol. mm -mm. I think we're seeing um, one thing I see from a lot of people now that's kind of a cool movement in some ways is a movement towards sobriety and while I smoke a little bit of weed and I enjoy it and maybe I'll do mushrooms every couple of years or who knows, I, I do like the idea of largely being sober. Uh, and I think alcohol is a big killer. Like I think there's people that can enjoy it moderately and that's cool. I'm fine with that. But I think a lot of people are low key alcoholics and it doesn't, it's not like talked about how much of a poison it can be if you use it the wrong way. You were a division one wrestler at Iowa. No, I was a D3 wrestler at uh, Wisconsin Whitewater. And, and and how many years did you do that? Four years from freshman to senior year. Yeah. It, it, God, it shows. You have such confidence in all these scenarios. You're so chill. And by confidence, I mean, I don't mean the kind of bravado that like people think is confidence. But you stand close to people. You stand and, and you're very chill. You're so chill. 
I appreciate. I like it when you tell the camera guys, "Hey, everyone, be chill." <laughs> when, we were, when we were going through the underground tunnels, like if we yeah. encounter a homeless guy with a knife, everyone just be relaxed, chill. Uh, I, I want to show. Uh, I, I want to go to the most dangerous city in America, but before I do that, I want to talk about uh, one more piece of business. So the shorts game uh, mm. is now alive on YouTube. Meaning, um, in February, I think they're they're letting us monetize shorts. Yeah. And there's this game you play where you walk out in the um, uh, streets of the world and you hold up a sign and you say, "Hey, if you can take me down, I'll pay you a thousand dollars." And so that might be like a 13 minute video where you wrestle like, I don't know, between five and 10 dudes. And now you've broken those into shorts. And I'm like, this guy's brilliant. So now you got the main video and then you got, it can also be 10 little videos. Is that, is that working? I mean, I just saw that. I'm like, this is so good. Yeah. Well, especially when they officially monetize it February, I'm going to be putting heavy effort into the short game. Cause okay, I'm so sure it's not monetized yet. I saw they sent me something, but I, I just assumed it started. Yeah. It starts February 1st. So okay. it's good to gear up for it now. And I think they're going to heavily push it in the algorithm that, uh, cause they're going to, it's a kind of a rival to TikTok. They're going to use the same model as TikTok as far as how they do the sponsorships. Like every four or five videos you scroll past will be an ad. And um, I think it's going to be a huge opportunity. And again, like I love, like if you talk about the entrepreneur side, it's like you want to have a few different revenue streams. All of a sudden, this just became another revenue stream. What about putting um, shorts? Uh, I'm asking you. I'm not suggesting to you. What about putting shorts on a different channel in case this channel gets shut down? You have your shorts on another channel. Yeah. I mean, if my if this channel gets shut down, I'll have bigger fish to fry. But certainly, uh, I think the strategy of having a backup place for my content is probably something I should be thinking about and, and doing. Hey, as YouTubers, are we allowed to publish the same? What's the policy on publishing the same content to two separate channels? I think as long as we wouldn't copyright strike each other, then we're fine. Yeah, maybe I. So since I do all these shows live, I get to determine where they go. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should start another channel that's just all unlisted so that it's just sending a duplicate to that channel. And that's your insurance policy? Yeah, so if this channel ever gets shut down, I just pull off the video that got that got me shut down and turn that one on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. God, what a stupid game. It's just, it, what a stupid game. Even even when you imitated the lady there who's your rep, I'm sorry, I can't do anything. It's just policy. I was just want to throw up. Like I Anytime you hear someone talk about <clears throat> policy, you know you know you're fucked and you know that like you're done dealing with a not that she's not a person, but you're dealing with a book now. You're dealing with a rule book, and the rule book always wins. You know when a, she just wants to get home to her vibrator and and make it uh, and watch um the new season of Yellowstone and eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Non creators in a creative space are are trouble. They're such trouble for us. They're such fucking trouble for us. I think she is just a part of the like she's doing the best she can and just that. She right. can't override the machine. If she was, if she could pull the trigger for me, I'm sure she would do it. But I think it's it's out of her control, and so she's basically she's a liaison that doesn't have as much. Uh, like she can't override the YouTube machine, I guess. So it's just, it, I think she's an all right person, but it just it is frustrating to have. Like it's when you call an 800 number 
and you just know you're not going to get anything solved. It's like, fuck, like, I appreciate that you're nice to me and I appreciate you're encouraging me. And I do think like you're helping me to an extent, but like, let's make the just de- like, let's, can you, pl- can let's give you, I wish you had the power to make the decision, you know? Um, I, I w- when I worked at CrossFit Inc., um, I had a hundred people who worked for me and I only had one producer, one producer, meaning, uh, so, um, yeah, I had Tommy G the director, editor, shooter, and I had 70 of those, right? So like the way you started. Mm-hmm. And so, so let's say you work for, let's say you were a director, uh, editor, uh, and I'm, I'm simplifying, but let's say you were a director, editor and shooter at, at CrossFit Inc. Mm-hmm. And you would, and, uh, and I was the media director. You, you would say to my producer, Hey, I, there's this blind lady who does CrossFit in uh, Milwaukee and I want to go do a piece on her. And the producer would say, okay, cool. And then you'd say, Hey, I'm taking my own camera gear, my own computer, but like uh, one, I'd like to get a new lens for this. And, and he'd be like, all right, cool. Just expense it and send it over. Or no, dickhead, I just got you two new lenses, you know, and then you'd be off. Mm-hmm. And then, or maybe he'd be like, uh, another guy would come to you and be like, hey, I'm going to this town anyway to visit my family who lives there. All I want you to do is pay for airfare for me, split the difference with me. And that way I don't have to pay to visit my family, but I'll come, I'll go to this CrossFit gym. I don't know what I'm going to make, but I'll make some shit. And you know that the guy's reliable. He's worked for you five years. And that's how we worked. And the company was just owned by one dude. So you could do that, right? Mm-hmm. Then one time, 60 Minutes came out to film with my fucking boss, Tommy. And they had like eight producers. They had more producers than they had fucking camera guys. Yeah. And I'm like, you fucking idiots. And that's what happens when you get corporate. And that's what I meant when it's like you have non-creatives in the creative space and they're just dirtbag shitballs who create work. Sorry for being so negative. Uh, but that's for my wife. She doesn't like me name calling. I take that back. They're cogs in the system. They're not shitbag dirtballs. They're just people. And they've turned into cogs in the system who are trying to make their job relevant by signing off on shit. You only need one producer. You don't need eight producers for one creative. You need just one producer and overwork him. He's a non-creative and just let him, he's basically just your manager mm-hmm. making sure you have everything you need. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what basically, that's what me and you want. We just want people to get out of our way so we can make shit. Yeah. I get that there's a yin and yang. Like you need people that can uphold some sort of structure so that the world doesn't burn down. Sure. But at the same point when there's sure. people that are actively, like when it feels like there's just being hurdles thrown in your path and it's like, please just let you're me. not, you're never glorifying any of this shit in your videos. I feel like every video I start and I'm like, Oh, goody prostitutes. This is going to be fun. I love this. is going to be cool. This is going to show how people make money sucking dick. And three minutes in, I'm like, God, this fucking is not what I expected. Yeah. Life is tough. Oh, wow. No one really wants a dick in their mouth. Fuck. Of course not. Sevon. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> You're not like, hey, drinking cough syrup is cool. You're like, not even close, not even a little bit. When in Rome, do the Romans. That was really my thought was just, okay, if these fellows are doing it, I'll take a couple of sips and see what happens. Uh, the dirt bike squad, I don't watch that and I'm like, hey, I want to do that. I, the whole time I'm like in your boat, I'm like, God, I hope none of these boys get killed. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure, especially as young men, um, and I think probably especially Caleb, you with all the guys that are using that that money from the military to get a new car, new um, bike. Like I think we probably know all know someone that's either hurt themselves or killed themselves on a on a motorcycle before. Like it, just young men, just get into it. You know, I think they're invincible. They just want to. 
they're like, this is the coolest thing ever. And I have money, so I'm going to buy it. I'm going to be at a big boy toy and I'm just going to go crazy with it. And they don't really think of, um, the consequences. My, um, my wife's a firefighter and I can't tell you how many times she's responded to motorcycle accidents. And so I've asked her, I was like, you should let me get a motorcycle. And then she's like, um, no, absolutely. (laughs) He's like, I just saw one today and the guy's not going to, he's going to be on a breathing tube for the rest of his life. If he does, if somebody doesn't pull the plug on him. Yeah. And I was thinking about this too. It's like, imagine, okay, let's just say you're the best driver in the world. You know that everyone else on the road is like, like, hey, uh, you know, they're they're driving like this. But you're just, yeah. you're gonna get smashed. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can drive a motorcycle as safely as you want, but when you're when you're driving around four wheeled vehicles and semi trucks and shit like that, you, you can't really trust anybody else. Look at this, Audrey's dude's only got one leg. Caleb, no. Oh, my friend has no leg because of a motorcycle accident. I, I usually do it just to fuck with her, but I know that. Uh, she won't. Fellas, as you know from last time, I have a small bladder. Give me just 30 seconds. I'll be right oh, back. I, I love a small bladder. Go pee, pee away. God, I love him. Now, <laughs> maybe that's why we bonded. He just got a small bladder. Maybe yeah. that's why. Hey, there's this video. Um, it's uh, called um, – there's two videos. There's a there's a video where he he's res- wrestling dudes – and a seven foot dude comes up to him to win the thousand bucks. I don't want to show the whole video so that people will go. I don't see it on his YouTube station. It's weird. Oh, um, it's, I think it's the most recent one. Is it? Yeah. It's in oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. It is. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, maybe you could pull that clip up and just show where the guy walks up. It's fucking nuts. Absolutely nuts. Uh, I'm being forced to get the vaccine for uh, paramedic school in California. I don't think so. Coley, push. I don't think so. My, uh, It's really funny he says that because my home station just sent out a text message saying that you're sp- it's mandatory to wear masks throughout the um, installation starting tomorrow. Where you're at? No, no. Back, back home. Yeah. You, oh, and that was one of the things you you didn't wear the mask last time, right? That was mandatory. No. And you would get talked to all the time. Yeah, Coley, don't do it. Push back. See what happens. Hey, I swear to God, if you take a job where they're demanding you take the injection, look at the doctor in the eye and be like, "Hey, can you can you let me inject myself and just take the needle and shoot it on the floor?" Just turn your back to him. Like there's nothing that can hurt from you being bold in this situation. Just turn your back to the doctor. He knows what you're going to be doing. Take it and shoot it on the floor. Just shoot the load on the floor. Shoot it into your pants. Just open up your pants and shoot the fucking vaccine just down in there with your gack and balls. Bye-bye. Do not let them put that needle in you. I'm telling you, you're going to be so bummed. Even if nothing happens to you, even if you're perfectly healthy and you're fine, your whole life you're going to be wondering, fuck, do I got a clot? Don't do it. Yeah, I think well, we're just it. having the freedom to choose. And I think like, even if nothing happens to you, I think I get people like if they're they got a family of four and they're the sole breadwinner and it's either get it or don't have a job. I get like I'm Right, right, it. right. Yeah. I would hate. I would be so bummed right now with all the information coming out about it. I mean, even the CDC has now opened up an investigation. Those fucking lying 
knuckleheads. Wait, our uh, government lies to us? Are you sure? On accident. It's an accident. Hey, have you? Uh, do you watch okay. Rebel News? What? I said, we just didn't know. I'm sorry. Just forget about everything we did for you, did to you for the past three years. If, did if you, happened, do, you watch, do you watch Rebel News sometimes? Does it, does it ring a bell? Do you know the guy Avi? He's in Australia. Handsome, like Egyptian-looking cat. Okay. Maybe tw- 25, 30. They're in fucking Davos right now and, uh, where all those corrupt motherfuckers are meeting. And they, do, they fucking find the uh, CEO of Pfizer on the street. It's on Twitter. And they walk with him for seven minutes. It's I'll send you the clip. It's such and dudes just I can't believe that dude doesn't isn't covered in security. But uh but they they just work him. They're just asking him nonstop questions, and it's so fucking good. I just saw something yesterday that was so infuriating. It was like the um the the dose for Moderna costs like two dollars and ninety-seven cents, and then they're selling it for a hundred and thirty. But wasn't it our tax money that went into funding it? Yes, um, yes, yes. So we fund the creation of it, but then the the profit of it is privatized just to them. It's like, huh, yes. like how can you fuck us with our own money that you only did this because of our money? Uh the CDC is going to investigate themselves. <laughs> I love it. Yes, they are. Okay. So Tommy does this thing where he walks around. Has anyone ever won the thousand dollars from you? Not yet. And 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 it used to be people could punch you, but this most recent one, they don't get to punch you. Yeah, it was a little different. So my first challenge I did was for two hundred dollars, you get to wear boxing gloves and try and knock me out. I can't hit you, but I can wrestle you. This yeah. one was just pure wrestling. Thousand uh, dollars if you can take me down. Just to prove that wrestling is one of the most dominant combat arts and you can control people without hurting them. Yeah, and you're so nice to people. It's crazy. The yeah, singlet's I mean, hilarious. Does I'd that freak people out? If I just started slamming people on their heads on the beach, you know? Uh, does the singlet freak people out? Yes, especially the brothers. They're like, what the fuck? Yeah, they think they're gonna you're going to rub their, your junk on them. Mm-hmm. Which, you, which you are going to. <laughs> okay so then so you're 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 fucking with those guys and then this giant dude walks up so they go get him right like one of the guys admits at the end that he saw that guy earlier in the day a giant dude who's seven feet tall and and they went and got him to get yeah. you yeah now this guy walk yeah, i see him in your thumbnail this guy um did you at that point are you like hey i'm not doing it no i was just like uh of I mean, he's course. 300 pounds, right? Of course, it's this guy. Yeah, he's 7'2". He's at 3, I think he's at 320, 330. So he's big boy, a big boy. And then, um, and then, uh, crazy. Anyway, you should go see this. It's it's pretty remarkable how Tommy, did, how about one of your camera guys? Are they like, hey, dude, does anyone be like, Tommy, don't do this? No, because I think we talked about before, like, I'm like, what if we find Khabib on the beach? They're like, dude, it's still going to be a good show. So it's like, plus I can't say no to somebody. I can't be like, Oh yeah, come like thousand bucks, come take me down and then back out for, you know, for anybody. So it's just different when like, if it, at least if it was like, let's say you come across another, uh, like a kid who is like, let's say you come across the guy who is the fucking number one wrestler in college. And he's on the beach with his girlfriend. He's like, yeah, I'll do this. Uh, that's different than a guy who's seven two, three hundred pounds. I mean, it's just. It, yeah, I'd rather face the guy at seven two. 
Right. Well, well right, right. But the guy who's seven two shit can go weird. Like he could fall on you and break your arm. Yeah. Like I there's all know. sorts of bad shit that can happen with a giant person. Yeah. Wrestling or grappling with big guys is uh, definitely more of a liability. Like, is, is, oh man. Anyway. Especially and, if someone doesn't know how to move their body properly. Like you just end up in positions that you don't normally encounter. So you got to be careful. Uh, and, and then, and then a fascinating thing happens that I hadn't seen in any of your other videos. Uh, uh, and I don't want to reveal too much, but someone ends up wanting a rematch mm-hmm. and you say, no, sorry. And I think that that's so brilliant that you don't do rematches because I'm thinking the second time, especially with people who've been drinking, they might do something stupid. Yeah. And you got to draw the line in the sand somewhere. Yeah. Like how many shots does he get at the thousand bucks? What if he, what if that guy who wanted a rematch and I don't want to reveal too much. Um, what if he um, would have said, Hey, I'll put up a thousand against your thousand. Okay. Then you would have done it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and, and one of you and who carries the thousand bucks? I guess one of the camera guys got it on him. Yeah. My guy Keegan had it on him. Yeah. Anyone ever tried to uh, get you guys at gunpoint for it? No, we were on a public beach. Uh, what do you think about this guy who's tackling um, deadbeat dads? Oh, I think I've seen that guy. Um, it's a, it's a crazy Instagram account. It's crazy. What is he? What is he called? Uh, maybe Caleb can find it. I don't know. It, it's a private account. It has 800,000 followers. I'll have to check that out because I'm – that's of interest to me. I definitely think like how can you be a dad and not want to be in your kid's life? The thing is, is all of those I watch, I'm like, are these really deadbeat dads? So, dude, he just goes – like someone will be like, hey, this dude, the deadbeat dad's in, in 7-Eleven right now. So he goes in there and he's in all football pads. And then, like, his friend is like, yo, you bitch-ass nigga, I'll come out here, I'll fuck you up. Come out here, you bitch-ass nigga. And he's, like, doing that. And so the dude's like, yeah, you want some? And then he comes out, and this football player just blindsides him. Levels him. Yeah. So it would be like me calling people out to fight, and then they got to fight you. You know what I mean? And it's crazy. I'm trying to find this guy's... Uh... Oh, here it is, dude. It's, it's so crazy. Oh! oh. Come on. Look at him. Come on, come on, come on. So he said he said something like, Hey, is your name Winstrom or whatever? And then the guy goes, Yeah, who's asking? He goes, So and so says you're a bitch ass nigga, they're not paying your bills. And then he goes, Oh, you want some? And then he just drills them. Big prime time. That's his name. Oh, it's crazy. Wow. I think I watch. I think it's the only Instagram account. I think I watch all of his videos three times. I mean, I I, I just I, and they have the all these. They put sound effects with it, like like a garage door slamming every time he hits the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jeremy, Tommy, where can we meet up? I could use a thousand. Oh, damn, Jeremy, Jeremy, you don't want none of this, dude. I'm telling you. Just find me the next time I do the challenge somewhere random in the United States. So that's that's what I would say. Hey, is that a pretty um, impromptu bit? I knew I was going to do it on a Miami trip. I knew. I was oh, gonna- you did. Okay. Yeah. 
And do you have to get pretty, uh, like those, I was thinking, um, it's equivalent to the, like those guys who ride the motorcycles. Like you must get a pretty crazy adrenaline rush walking around, just letting anyone in the world say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll wrestle you. Yeah. The nerves definitely creep in a little bit. Cause it's just, you don't know who you're going to encounter, what you're going to walk into. And a thousand dollars is a nice chunk of change. And you must've been pretty excited when a guy who's seven feet two, 300 pounds approaches you, because at least now, you know, well, at least, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's better than, you know, 2016 year old kids with do rags, right? Cause they're obviously going to be easier for you. I mean, yeah, look at this dude. Oh, Nelly. And he's drinking a Gatorade. He's honestly the best person that could have walked up though. Like that's, yes. the, that's ideal YouTube content right there. That's when you know you've chosen the right profession. It is, that is something that's fun about the path. It's like when you're on the path and like little doors open up that you're like, hmm, like that's interesting. That's cool. And it feels like the universe is patting you on the back a little bit. But then it's also like like you, when you get the strike or you get some different things that put hurdles in your path. It just It's just all part of the journey. And you have to take both of them in stride and move forward the best you can. So – Tell me about the uh, real estate uh, business. That That's what really excited me last time I talked to you. So you're in Milwaukee. Ever since then, I've been like Trulia on on um, going so, crazy. Yeah, I'd use Trulia, but uh, for Milwaukee. So can you tell me a little bit about that, what you do? Yeah, so basically our game – so I have, I have one portfolio of just my own and then one portfolio of me and my partner. And so what we look for is – to try and get the 2% rule. So, so we'll get a property and I'll, I'll break this down for people. So, and this is, this is how crazy the market is in Milwaukee. So we can get a property, a duplex in a really tough area for about 50, 52 K. Then we're going to put about 25, 28 into it, uh, be all in at 80 K and then we'll charge 800 for a two bedroom unit. That's nice. And that's the other, that's the other big key on our business plan is there's a lot of terrible properties. I've been in properties where the roof has a leak, the upstairs uh, ceiling is caved in, and then the downstairs ceiling is caved in. And the it's been like that for four years and the landlord hasn't done anything. Like that stuff is all over the place. Um, but we, so we're all in at 80K. We're bringing in 1600 a month per unit. We really take time to find good people. We make sure the place is good. And, and then we keep growing from there. And like, I have a building right now that this is absurd, but, um, I bought it for 67. I put 5,500 into it to get the floors refinished. And I'm going to have a person that's going to pay two grand a month in rent because she's running kind of a business operation, like a home health care-ish type operation out of there. And so that's going to be a 3% rule property, which is going to be absurd. And um, so goal- let me ask you a question. So let's say um, you'll find a place and do you do do do, do diligence on it or is it just milwaukee and like you just get what you can that's cheap and then you just have contractors come in and and basically there's no like do you have to deal with the city with code let's say you buy a place and the roof is collapsing do you just fix it on the down low well one so i walk every place with my contractor first if he if we get the green light we'll put the offer and then if we get the offer we always have an inspection contingency so i have my guy walk it you know 24 48 hours after we sign to make sure that it is okay. And as long as the foundation's okay, the electric's okay, the plumbing's okay, and that our rehab budget is factored into our 2% rule, then we pull the trigger 
and do it. But anything that's like terrible, we stay away from. We want solid bones. We want a lot of cosmetic work. We don't want to have to deal with nonsense. Because yeah, the city, sometimes the city can be on your ass. Like we inherited a building that we didn't know the city had on its list. But we literally, we bought this four unit building for $60,000. But we probably put, but it was on the city shit list. So we inherited that. But we since then, we've put about a hundred into it. The roofs, the gutters, every single unit redone, new furnaces, new water heaters, everything from top to bottom. And yet the city is still like, they wanted us, they, they tried writing us up for window screens. And I'm like, dude, we're the, every house on this entire block for like a few block radius, name one house that $100,000 has been invested to make it better. How right. are you coming after us for $15 window screens? Right. Like, bitch, like it's just, I don't know if it's right. like they think that we have, these guys have money, so we're going to go after them or what raised their their flag about us. But I'm like, we're actively improving the place. Like it's visibly happening in front of your eyes. How are you going to come at us for cheap nonsense, like a window screen? And the, the guy who's in charge of the, do you have a finance guy? Meaning like, do you work strictly with just one bank? Uh, let's see. We, so like they do all your loans with. So yeah, my partner is, um, the money behind uh, the portfolio we share. And so um, we go through, we do a lot of our off-market deals. So it's all cash. And then we refinance through one specific company. But yeah. then for me, like the, the single families I'm buying are on market. And um, I go through a particular mortgage lender for that. But you know, if I go on market, I can buy four properties or the same money that if I go off market, I can buy one property. Explain. I don't know what that means on market versus off market. Okay. So on market is the normal real estate world. If you're looking for a house, you buy a property that's listed on Zillow, on Trulia, but yeah. 20 to 25% down. Off market are these cash deals that um, usually require a lot more work because if they didn't require work, they would just sell it on market and get top dollar for it. But it's like depressed properties that are need work. Like let's say I can get a duplex that's normally worth 80K. I'll buy it off market for 60, 65K. But I have to how, how do you find that? You just there's off market Facebook pages. So like uh there's I can invite you to the Milwaukee one, but um, you know, they have so there's always deals running through that Facebook page, and that's how and then you like tomorrow at, at 10 30, I'm walking a property with my contractor that might be a good fit for um what we're doing. So we just you know that's that's kind of the deal source. Yeah, oh, what's the- with their neighbors and stuff too. Like my wife and I are looking for property and like just family members, you know, family members who are trying to sell properties, but they don't want to sell it on a Zillow or whatever. They just tell us like, Hey, we're going to sell this like person to person. Do you want to take it? Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a couple things. Um, I want to get to Bruce Wayne's question. Uh, do you teach, do you have a course you teach or do you take uh, do you do any mentoring? Eventually, I would like to do seminars for YouTube growth, and I would love to present at a real estate seminar. I don't think people, most people don't know I do real estate. I don't think they would take me seriously until they heard me talk about it. But um, so I don't really have anything. One of the questions was, do I burr everything? Yeah, what does that mean? What does that mean? Basically, do you cash out, refinance everything? Like you buy a property, and then after six months, you can refinance it. So you, you pull out 70 or 80% of the value, and then you can use that to buy your next property. Right. Basically you're continually using what you buy one house and you keep getting the leveraging them with that same money. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's more or less part of our strategy as well. 
so but here's the part I don't understand about that. So you buy a place for 40, you put 40 into it, it's now 80. You rent it out for 2000 a month. You've now completed the the 2% rule. You're pretty fucking stoked. But if you if you then want to pull the money out of that isn't it just oh i have see a mortgage now okay so w- when you buy it for 40 originally you buy it with cash yes okay and then maybe it gets evaled at a hundred thousand since you've refined if you're lucky exactly and now you can- okay and then, and then hopefully you can pull all the money out of it and how have the interest have the interest rates fucked with your whole plan they're bad but um like some of the uh, people that teach you how to be wealthy say it's it's not timing the market it's time in the market so if the number oh. still makes sense even though the interest rates are seven percent right now if the mortgage is for the mortgage the insurance the property taxes is 450 a month and i'm bringing in 1200 a month yeah i'm gonna cash flow and appreciate so it's just it's always a numbers game if the numbers make sense then you go for it and, and um, this is exciting shit I like that's and when we talk about you were saying way earlier, like people talk about getting education in there. That's the wrong idea. You want to be free. Like this is the easiest way I know of to be free is real estate. And it's going to take time. Like because people think landlords make tons and tons of money. And yes, it's possible. But like you might buy a property um, like my first property I ever bought. I bought for one hundred fifty seven. Um, my mortgage is about thirteen hundred a month. And it brings in, I've renovated it. So I put more into it than what I initially purchased. Um, I probably profit about 1500 a month for a four unit building. And that's, that's a pretty good deal. But think about how many of those I have to have to be making a six figure income. I have to have five of those properties to be making six figures. So and that's a full-time job now. And then, and then when you have that, you have to hire someone to manage those properties. Unless, and I you, manage unless you want to do it. Yeah. It's I night. manage it. So like, Hey, first, what do you do? It's Christmas. It's Christmas Eve. The furnace went out. Who's making the phone calls? Me. And some of that can be stressful. So it's like definitely could be. You're. I just watched a video where you were fucking in Mexico, where the police raided a spot, and you're like, uh, "Excuse me, I, I know I'm at gunpoint, uh, but uh, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. The roof's leaking. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just got to get out of Mexico alive, and then I'll be over there to fix mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So real estate is lucrative. It's a good game if you know how to look at numbers and you know you have good relationships with contractors and different people that you need on your team. But it's not a headache-free occupation, especially if you care about your tenants, you care about your buildings. Like you, you gotta stay on your your p's and q's. Imagine how crazy it is for that dude that you had the hundred million dollar guy. He has hundreds of properties. Yeah, he he has a management company for all of it, so he doesn't answer anything. He just cruises, which. Maybe one day will be a good strategy, but I just know that any management company that will touch the hood in Milwaukee is usually dog shit. So it's like, I don't want my tenants to have a terrible experience. So at the moment, I'm going to manage it, even though it takes a disproportionate amount of my time compared to income. Um, When I first uh, got this job at CrossFit, I bought this house and the real estate agent told me that I was... Uh, I told him I wanted a 15 year loan and he's like, Hey dude, the interest rates are so low. There's no reason to do that. You don't save that much money on a, on a 15 year loan. 
uh, at the time. This was in 2011. And I was like, I don't care. I'm get, give me a 15 year loan. He's like, Hey, it's just not smart use your money. I'm like, I don't, I, I don't care about smart use of my money. I just know myself. And then, so, and I had like, uh, I had three houses at the time and I would pay with every paycheck. I I'd never saved a penny. I paid all my mortgages twice a month on 15 year loans hmm. so that I'd paid made 24 payments a year and I would always be fucking broke, but I didn't what care. Your and this day, I did low, uh, three, 3.25. So right? do you want the counterpoint or do you want to just keep going? Well, I'll, I'll tell you the rest of the story. And then you tell me. And, and the day I got fucking fired from my job, I paid off uh, two of my houses and fuck dude. That was a huge relief. Like, 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 you know what I mean? Like, I would definitely say this. I agree with you on the, and the idea of like of being free and clear and not having debt under your name is definitely nice. But the way, and this is how rich people get way richer is like, look, the bank, you're using the bank's money at 3%. Yeah. If I know, even if I just put it in the S and P 500, I'm going to do 10% a year. That right. 7% I could be right. making, or I can sink it all into the, the property. Right. So I needed to meet you back. And I didn't even have kids when I was doing that in the beginning. So it was like even dumber, but, but it know, worked out for me, but yes. I, but I wish I would have known you, but you were in fucking diapers then. Yeah. I was still pooping my pants probably. Yeah. You were, you were in, and, and now you're, how old are you now, Tommy? 29. God, I have a 29. Savon, what do you do? Uh, Well, I'm kind of retired, but I have this 29-year-old real estate mentor who's helping me um, slowly. Um, uh, what about uh, what about managing other people's property? Uh, I'm open to it, but I think I, there's an up-and-coming property manager that um, only has 40 doors, which means he can definitely – he has the, the bandwidth to keep adding – I don't know. For the amount I would charge you. You mean the like, guy you know that you like? Yes. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yes. I still have to experiment with him, but from what I hear, he's really solid. I got good referrals on him. Basically this, because um, I have a couple people now, like there's another YouTube guy that wants to go into Milwaukee and and because he can just get so much more than what he has out in Arizona. But um, because of the time management takes, I would, and also I'm going to charge you almost double what a normally normal property manager would charge you just because for it to be worth my time and right. it still isn't even uh that it's not it's not that what's lucrative is back end if i get uh equity on the back end that makes it more worth my time to right manage a place right but um and you should you should you're saying so like hey and then and then also i think the per- person person who's investing would like that too because then you actually give a shit about the place exactly if you're 10% and owner in every house you're managing like all of a sudden you give a shit is i own equity on the um on the profit so when you sell the place let's say we sell it 10 years from now and we have a 40k uh you know profit Maybe I get, maybe I say that's 20, I'll, I'll be a 20% stakeholder. If you want me to answer every furnace call, oh, we have, we have roaches. I'll clean your kitchen. Like all those little things that you have to encounter. Oh, wait, you have three dogs at the property right now. What are you doing, dude? And, um, so it's definitely something worth thinking about. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, are, are kids in the, um, are, are you using a contraception? I've always been a raw dogger boy. Oh, okay. And uh, what's going to happen if um 
you get your wife uh, uh, is making one uh, documentary every week and 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 your it looks like a lot of your uh, documentaries are getting a million uh, views on average some significantly more uh what what happens how are you going to maintain that schedule god kensington the city of zombies i watched that one too 3 million views uh, what's going to happen uh, how are you going to raise a kid and do one video a week yeah so here's my thoughts on it one is i want to be in a position that i can have a part-time or full-time nanny help my wife. Yeah, yeah. Two is I travel. Lupita, Lupita. You want a Lupita? Yes, I do. Yeah. Racist, and, um, racist. I travel probably five to seven days a month, but otherwise I'm home. So I want to be heavily involved in, in helping raise my kids. But also like this is the machine that funds our existence. So I'm going to have to keep going, you know? So I want to, so the model isn't okay, and that help you help me understand. The model isn't um, uh, four documentaries a month, four different cities. The model is go to L.A., have four, have do like maybe a, a brothel one, a rave one, uh, L.A.'s mo- uh, the bo- a border town one with Tijuana and San Diego, and then uh, the 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 wealthiest homeless guy you ever met, and it's like a millionaire who lives homeless in Venice Beach. Film all that shit, and then. Uh, for five or six days and then flee back to the uh, Milwaukee uh, Tommy G empire and start the editing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And that sounds smart. It just, I think it's the best way to have the best of both worlds. Like I do, I am a homebody by nature. I love my wife. I love my dog. I love being home. So I don't want to travel too much, but this is the way to get it done and be prolific and still um, put numbers up on the board. So, um, like the other, the other goal though is too is to build enough of a portfolio that if I am not interested in YouTube anymore or YouTube deletes my channel, that I'm still okay because I never want to have to go back and get a job I hate, and that's I just refuse. So I'm gonna. What was the last job you had you hated? Oh my gosh, dude! I worked. It was a nice company. As far as companies go, you weren't blowing guys for 180 dollars, were you? No, unfortunately. <laughs> but, um, it was a company called BI Worldwide, and I was um, a very young hire there. So basically, my job was to fi- I was calling on Fortune 500 companies, and I was supposed to pitch their C-suite executives on ideas that were going to increase sales or increase. It was it was a very consultant consultant type job, and uh, but it was so boring. Like the amount of nonsense meetings, the amount of times like. The last draw for them is they sent me out to an HVAC conference in Las Vegas because I was supposed to be calling on Johnson Controls. And I always have to talk to people about chillers and boilers and act like I was excited about it. And it was killing me. I would go back to my hotel room and just not be happy. And um, when I, like, they were also expecting me to, like, on the floor of this trade show to, like, find my way into a meeting with the CEO and sell him on a $2 million whatever. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I just could hardly bring myself to do anything there. And so once they heard about my report from the Las Vegas trip, I was let go shortly after. And, um, why, what was the report? By the way, when I hear about an HVAC convention in Vegas, I just picture it being, uh, 10,000 guys who are 60 pounds overweight, um, looking for an excuse to bang whores. 
Like I, I just, I, I just don't. I'm just, I, I, so I don't or buy. Drink it. heavily. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, so what happened to your report? When I just told them who all I talked to and where that led, because like they were wanting me to like take people out for dinner on the spot there. I just, I, and I didn't bring anyone out to dinner. So it's like, the, I just like the idea. Everything about that job was just. It was a difficult job. And so once they heard I didn't make much progress, they're like, yeah, his heart's not in it. And I was like, yeah, it's not. And I had been journaling. I've been journaling every morning for like the last three or four months before that. Like, um, so this was in February. They fired me on February 15th. My goal was by, um, I think it was March 15th of 2022. I will quit my job. So the, it was going to happen, but they just helped me out the door quicker. And I, kind of didn't have the nuts even some it felt like at sometimes to do it myself. So I'm like them firing me was like the coolest thing that ever happened to me. It was so like, it was so much relief. I just felt so free and I just chased YouTube and real estate full time and I'm never going back. I'm never going back. Uh, uh, Manny, uh, Serrano, uh, I actually met Manny in Newport. We had lunch together. A uh, very impressed with Tommy, very inspirational to our younger generation. I, well, thank you, Manny. Yeah, to all the, he's so inspirational uh, to me. I'm I love this dude. Hey, what about um uh what about um more content where um more wealthy where you hang out with more wealthy people? Is that is that fun content to make? And is that I'm trying to look at the numbers on this hundred million dollar guy. Yeah, that video kind of bombed. I thought compared to what it should have done. But, um, but hey, when he says bombed, it's two hundred fifty thousand views. But you think uh, like the chance to see a hundred million dollars man's life? I thought that would be like, like just skyrocketing. But um, yes, I'm actively trying to find a billionaire to spend a day with. Yeah. Um, and as I grow too, uh, the thing is, anyone that has like an HR handbook, like they say no to me. Like you, you. I was gonna film with a doctor about a ketamine experience. He's like, upon further checking out your channel, it's too risky to associate our business with you. And it's like, okay, like I'm not doing anything crazy i just happen to the fact that i'll talk to anybody scares like the proper people away of course of course dude you're real no one else is oh th that's why your stories are all like this your only deal you're real no one none of those people can afford to be real being or real opens up lawsuits you have a guy like yes. me asking him any so yes this is this is well this isn't going to be so under the radar i have a meeting a off the record meeting with a U.S. senator next uh -huh. week. Yeah, and if his team likes me and they whatever, I don't know what we have to talk about, but just if they get the feel for me, um, the pitch is to take me to the U.S. Capitol building and be able to ask people any question I want. And part of me wants to say to this guy, like, look, unless you're afraid of telling the truth, I can see no reason why this isn't a good idea for both of us. And but will they let me in? And I don't know. That'll be an, but I feel like any place like that that has like, oh, we have our public image representative. Like those places usually don't let me in. Uh, um, what about the 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 Republican kid who's in a wheelchair? Madison Crawley. Uh yeah. yeah. I guess I'd speak with him. Didn't he go down for some weird shit? I don't know what I heard about him. Um did he? Well, I he did go down for some weird shit. Yeah, it was some stupid. Let me go look. Like the swastika he, tattooed on the small of his back? No, no. <laughs> he, it was he was. He, I think he slept with a Russian spy or something. 
or like oh, that's not that's lesson. fine that's fine oh no, it's not fine oh oh that's a national fine. security risk yeah right right sorry right. well if you're married it's not good that's for sure oh yeah i'm a and i'm a dedicated man i i uh i don't i won't bite the apple of temptation so. yeah me neither because this is the thing. Just don't get better. married if you want to fuck other chicks. It's totally cool, but don't get married if you want to fuck. Don't once you're married, just just put it away. It's okay. Well, it's also, fine. there's nothing better than having a woman that has your back and that is your, yes, like best pal, and you can like they're helping you build the empire. And um, so I think that's something that I wish was more stated in the culture. But I think obviously things that sell are things that are short term pleasure but it's like the dudes i knew that were banning everyone were depressed and um so i love you never went through a phase where you banged everyone i did i was not depressed i I thought it was fine i I went through one like one tinder phase where i would i was averaging about a chick a month for a year and i got oh i didn't do tinder i had to earn them like i had to like go out and eat lunch with these girls and i'm not talking about one night stands i'm talking about like just like have like 10 girlfriends well, I never, I never got to that place in my life. Uh, I don't think I ever will, but, um, no, the door's closed for you now. I yeah, guess Tinder door- fucks all of that up because you can have one night stands. Plus you're tall and good looking and, and strong and stuff. Like I have to earn beaver. There, there's no, like, I, I don't go somewhere and just like some chick be like, Oh, you're cute. Let's go. I think realizing that it's all overrated or if my if my wife ever like speak, develops an interest for females i'll encourage it but at the moment i don't think it's gonna be ever happening right the grass is never is always greener on the other side well it's ne- sorry it's never greener on the other side mm-hmm. this guy is saying that it was eric solwell i remember he banged the chinese spy um, apparently, this Madison Cawthorn guy is talking about being invited to cocaine-fueled orgies held by fellow lawmakers in Washington, D.C. And uh, I don't know. How else are you supposed to fuel an orgy? <laughs> Fair question. <laughs> Fair question. I just want to ask those people, like, I want to bump into Nancy Pelosi and be like, Nancy, congratulations on your $100 million portfolio of your husband that's not even a hedge fund trader, but is somehow out trading hedge funds. Can you tell me more about that? Please. Oh, like, you guys are, like, what do you think about uh, when Americans just don't trust you and, like, we keep noticing the military industrial complex going crazy. Like, I just saw this story about um, BlackRock, the big financial firm that they own. All these big, huge interests in Lockheed Martin and all these weapons manufacturers. Oh, black! I think there's. I think BlackRock. I think Blackstone is the Blackstone. Yeah, and BlackRock is the other one. I don't know if they're affiliated, but they're the ones who like that work like Same where umbrella, Caleb's working. Like they basically kill people for money. But here's the part that was kind of. Oh no, no, that's the mercenary group. That's the mercenary group. No, this but is. They're legal, more but they're legal, but they're. Yes, but yeah. They're, yeah. But um, the fact that BlackRock they can so they're going to pr- provide the bullets and the bombs to Ukraine and make large amounts of money off of that which also our taxpayer money is funding that and then right. but they also just made a deal with Zelensky that they're going to help rebuild and it's like oh so you get to like destroy and profit from the rebuilding of it like what the oh heck? that's cool we're going to bomb the fuck out of you but don't worry we're going to send contractors in and fix you and all the senators that help that bill pass are going to be have some great deposits in an offshore account it's like 
Like, I have to okay. I have to call my wife for one second real quick. Sorry. All good. Do you want us to stop talking or? No, no. Well, yeah, sure. Just okay. just because then I can't listen. At the Let's same listen. Time. Yeah, you guys could listen if you want. I'm supposed to be in the car at 830. Hello. Hi. Am I taking the kids skateboarding still? Um. Well, I texted Josh asking if it was dry and he hasn't responded. So I'm just getting them ready to go. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, I'll be there in uh, four minutes. Okay. Hi, hello, Haley. Oh, I'll yeah. be there. I'll be there in four minutes. Okay. Okay. Say I'm tell. Uh, okay. Say you love me, so they think we have a good relationship. <laughs> I love you so much. I can't wait to see you in four minutes. Okay. <laughs> thank you. I love you too. Bye. Bye. There you go. My wife loves me. Was Sounds easy. like. Uh, an old Irish goodbye is about to happen, and it's time to move on with the next part of the day. Oh, what's an Irish goodbye? Like when you go somewhere? sneak out of the party and no oh. one you're gone. Dude, I, I would need to have you on regularly. Let's do it, man. Yeah, Every couple months. Yeah, you the man. Uh, I, I want to go through these videos uh, for just really quick with you guys. Uh, there's one where he fights a seven foot giant. Uh, there's a Mexican uh, border one. I, I think uh, we talked about maybe that one last time, but what's weird is it says two weeks ago. No, no, I watched it. That mm -hmm. one's great too. Uh, the Mexican police raid is fantastic. He was actually at the house uh, interviewing a, uh, a gangster rapper, which is needs its own story on its own. This kid was born in the, uh, in Mexico, but raised in the U S and then ICE got him and deported him, but he's clearly no, in he Mexico. Got deported because of all the felonies he committed in the United States. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. But either way, like it's fucked up because he's clearly an American. Like you, yeah. he's been in the country for too long to deport back to Mexico. Uh, yeah. Then uh, murder Creek rappers, pimps and prostitutes. The pimps and prostitutes is really good. If you want to have your whole image, like, especially if you got a problem like fucking prostitutes watch that one you'll stop doing it i think that's probably one of my the best pieces we've come out with is the pimps and prostitutes one yeah uh the only fans girl was uh it was good because it just showed you it just reminded me just how pathetic people were like in the sense that like i never I never, the whole time you were watching that video was like, oh, I wish I was at that party. I was like, oh, that life just looks glamorous and it sucks. Mm -hmm. So I was like, uh, this most dangerous hood in Philly uh, must watch it, it because really Tommy meets two other just cool dudes. Oh, that one guy sounds just like Chris Rock. Mm -hmm. That's what everyone said. I got to get that guy on my podcast. Dude, you should definitely get some of these. Um, like, I wonder if I can get you the the a trapper or anyone like that. If you'd be interested, we can, talk. I would, I would love to. And, 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 uh, I reached out to what's his name, the guy, uh, in the dirt bike video. What's his name? Lika Veli, Lika, the bike star, Leaky, the bike star, uh, the mole people way better than I thought. It's 27 minutes long. I'm like, fuck, I don't want to watch this. I was fucking captivated, captivated, uh, insane asylum. I didn't watch graveyard ceremony, uh, the hundred million dollar one. If, if you don't watch this $100 million one, you're fucking nuts. You have to watch this. I know. I can't believe that one. I guess no one wants to make $100 million. Or maybe that's not a big enough number these days. I don't know. Oh, it's big. Yeah, it's big. All right, uh, Mr. Tommy, thanks for your morning, dude. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful day, okay? You're, yeah, your wealth and knowledge, and uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Tommy. All right. Oh, he's gone. Just oh, like bye. that.
I like it how he had to go to the bathroom. That was awesome. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think we've had a guest do that before. Maybe was, we have. I can't remember. I'm looking at my... Uh, oh. Uh, okay, the park is mostly dry. Okay, I guess I'll bring a blower and a broom. Uh, guys, a, a Brian Friend... Not that kind of blower, like a leaf blower. I know. Uh, Okay. Uh, uh, Brian Friend is at uh, Mayhem. I don't know what he's doing there. Like, I guess some investigative uh, reporting for uh, the bar bend. But um, so I want to see. Uh, he's been there for two days. Uh, Facundo is hosting him. He's at the Mayhem Empire. You know, that's the place that uh, the Rich Froning compound. And I guess there's a shitload of athletes in town. And so I just wanted to uh, try to get him on the show this evening and talk to him and find out what's going on there. And uh, so we might, I'm going to try to do a show this evening. Um, but now I must take off and play with my kids for the next uh, nine hours. Thank you for checking in. Love you guys. Tommy G, you're the man. Uh, and uh, we will see you guys uh, tomorrow. Mm. Oh, you know who we have on tomorrow? We have, we have Aaron Ginn on tomorrow. Aaron Ginn was one of the first guys. Uh, he's a he's a uh, entrepreneur, and he's a tech guy, Silicon Valley tech guy. And he oh, that's not till nine a.m. tomorrow. Well, that sucks. Yeah, the late morning one. He was one of the first guys to openly publish an article about about hey, something's not right with the COVID numbers. And he published it to uh, Medium, and it got pulled down. And he got he got a lot of fucking heat for it. But he was one of the first guys. I want to say around January of uh, 2020 was like, "Hey, something's not right. This is bullshit. These COVID numbers are bullshit." And he crunched the math. And of course, he's a tech geek. And uh, anyway, we have him on tomorrow. Um, I think he's a very successful man too. By the way in terms of uh, financially business tech. So it'll be cool to have him on and see where the conversation goes. Um, all right, guys, I will, uh, his name's Aaron Ginn. Anyone who wants to uh, check him out. I think he's got a pretty uh, solid Twitter uh, presence. Ciao MFS. Yes. Oh, bye.